For a few weeks now, we've been on a subject that we're calling the Lord our healer. The Lord our healer. Our text has been in Exodus 15 and 26, where the Lord revealed himself in one of his great compound redemptive names, Jehovah Rapha. You see him revealing himself, you know, like at the burning bush. He said, uh, tell them, I am. I am. And uh, you'll see other places where it doesn't come through so well in the, in the King James or even in some of the other translations. But if you look up the words, it's two words. It, we'd probably hyphenate it in modern usage. Jehovah and then another name that describes who he is, his character. There's uh, Jehovah Shama. Uh, he's the Lord who's there. There's the Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. And there are several of these. Well, here's one of them right here. He said, if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians. They saw judgments come uh, on that country to get them out, to deliver them. He said, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer, the Lord your physician. Is he still the Lord our healer? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who cures you, the Lord who fixes you. It could be translated. The Lord who fixes you. Say it out loud. I have a healer. The healer. Amen. Uh, different translations say, I, Jehovah, am healing you. Another one says, I'm the Lord your God. I cure your diseases. I am God your healer. Thank God he is. Now, what we begin to see is that forgiveness of sin and healing of disease or sickness are linked together over and over again. In uh, Jeremiah 17, 14, he said, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Psalm 103, verse 3. Well, let's back up to verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Benefits. Everybody say benefits. Benefits. As opposed to benefit. Benefits. Plural. And he begins a list. Benefit number one. Who forgives all your iniquities? Now, most church-going people, they believe that without reservation. Is it God's will to forgive you? Yes. Is it God's will to forgive everybody? Yes. To forgive everybody of all their transgressions and sins and mistakes and iniquity? Yes, yes, yes. Well... He heals all your diseases. Is it God's will to heal everybody? And that's where you lose most of the crowd. Not this crowd, but talking about if you take all church going people together, we are in the minority that believe part B of this verse. Now, I don't judge anybody because you have read over verses too yes. <laughs> and, and didn't apply them and receive them. But uh, when it says, who forgives all thine iniquities, does all mean all? Yes. Who heals all thy diseases, does all mean all? Yes. Does it or not? Yes. Now, the thing is, you can't see forgiveness. 
but you can see healing. And because so many people walk by sight, right, they are determining God's will by what they see or don't see. But that's being inconsistent. You, we don't look at somebody that doesn't receive Jesus whose sins are not forgiven and say, well, it, God doesn't always forgive. It's not always his will to forgive. Well, why would you do that with healing? If you see somebody that doesn't get healed, why would you say, well, God doesn't always heal? It's not always his will to heal. If we don't determine God's will where forgiveness is concerned, by looking at people and what happens to them, why would you determine God's will in healing by looking at people? What happens or doesn't happen to them? Shouldn't be based on anybody's experience or lack thereof. It should be based on his revealed will in his word. Just because somebody was not forgiven or not saved, that does not prove that it was not God's will to save them. Are not God's will to heal them. All it proves is. Is for whatever reasons. They didn't receive it. But it was his will. And just because somebody didn't receive healing. It doesn't prove. That it wasn't God's will to heal them. Or that he was working something out in their life. For whatever reason. They didn't receive. There's times I hadn't received some things. There's times you hadn't received some things. That doesn't prove the will of God. He doesn't change. People are the changing ones. Right? They're up. They're down. They're in. They're out. They believe. They don't. Now they believe. Now they don't. Now they're waver. But he has always been Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals all your diseases. Just like he's the God who forgives all your iniquities. He doesn't change. He will never change forever. His word and his will is established. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's believe the Bible. Not what somebody saw or didn't see. What somebody felt or didn't feel. Let's believe the unchanging word of God. Then your house will be built on the rock. Not on the shifting, changing sands. Hallelujah. Go with me please to 2 Corinthians 1. If I get stirred up once in a while and preach some, will that be okay? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 1, 3. You know you got teaching and you got preaching. They're not the same. <laughs> teaching is involves some explaining. Preaching doesn't. Preaching doesn't involve explaining. There's no explaining in preaching. Preaching is proclaiming. You need both. You need to be taught, but you also just need to be inspired. Just stirred up. <laughs> so believe with me for both. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of what? Mercies. Mercies, plural, and the God of all comfort. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Say it out loud. The Father of mercy. Say it again. The Father of of mercies, mercies. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, every one of these benefits are also mercies. The reason we have forgiveness of all iniquities is because of his mercy. And the reason we have healing of all diseases is because of his mercy. And the list goes on. But go with me to Matthew, please. The ninth chapter. Matthew 9 and uh, 
just hold there. I'm going to read something else to you before we get into that. Titus 3 verse 4. You're staying in Matthew 9. You know when you got your you got your fingers in different places holding it. That means you're in the word. <laughs> really getting into the word. <laughs> Titus 3 4 says. But after that the kindness. Everybody say kindness. The kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, verse 5, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. According to his mercy he saved us. According to his mercy. I know some years ago, right after I got to Ramah, Phyllis and I got to Ramah, I don't know what brought it up, but we're hearing a lot of good word there every day. And uh, something came up about us stepping out and obeying God and answering the call and going into the ministry. And I, for a moment, I was, I was thinking, yeah, praise God. And the Lord just uh, helped me before the day was over. He said, well, he said, I ha- I, now he talks to you the way you understand. I don't mean I'm hearing an audible voice, but inside me. He said, well, I had to work with you a while <laughs> to get you there. <laughs> uh, uh, right, yeah, I'm sure that's right. But in my youth and inexperience, I wasn't really thinking about it. And uh, he's, that I, I had, Phyllis and I had answered the call. Yeah, that's great. But, how many remember that Jesus said, you didn't just choose me, I chose you. And he took me back and reminded me of how many times he dealt with me and led me to the knowledge of salvation before I ever received. How many of you didn't receive Jesus the first time you heard, or the second, or the third? Or the 25th. (laughs) Somebody say mercies. 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 And then there were numerous things that. And Phyllis and I have talked about this before. We're now in our what 30 something year of ministry. And looking back. You can see. Man. You came so close to missing it there. And if you'd have missed that. You'd have never even found out about this. And this would have never happened. And that turned into this. And then turned into that. You're looking back going, whoa. Why didn't the Lord tell us how important that was? He didn't want to. He wants you to walk by faith. But it was his mercy. Mercy. That if you weren't paying attention to it, he reminded you of it. Brought it back up to you. Brought it back across your path. If you ignored it for 20 times, how many know it's mercy to bring it up to you four times? Right? To bring it up to you 24 times? Great mercies. Great mercies. It's by his, according to his mercy, he saved us. Said out loud, according to his mercy, he saved us. Now we know we're saved by mercy. But did you know that we're healed by mercy too? And that when people say it may not be God's will to heal, they just got through saying it may not be God's will to have mercy. Because every blessing available to mankind is a mercy based on what Jesus has done. And to say it might not be God's will for everybody to be healed is to say it might not be God's will to have mercy on everybody. Now this should become more obvious as we get into scriptures. Are you in Matthew 9? Matthew 9 and verse 1. He entered into a ship and passed over, came into his own city. And they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. 
your sins be forgiven you. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. Now let's, let's just stop right here. This is how far off religious tradition is from God. From the reality of God. Here is Jesus, the Son of God. God manifested in the flesh everything. He said, I don't do anything except what I see the Father do or hear the Father say. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So they are hearing the exact expression of the Father and they are seeing his will. And what's their response? He's blaspheming. That's how ignorant and how far removed. And these were the primary people in this region representing God. Saying they're speaking for God. Which is why you need to read your chapter. Every day. At least, right? Monday through Friday. You need to hear the word. So that you will have a foundation to measure and check everything you hear that people say about God. Because God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are being grossly misrepresented throughout the earth by religious people. And I'm sure I've made some mistakes and you've made some mistakes. But let's be open to be taught and to be corrected by the word. Scribes. Now these are not just scribes in any discipline. These are scribes in the Word of God. These are, they, they had the law and the prophets. And they were experts, supposedly, on the Bible. Doctors of divinity and theology. And this is their conclusion, looking at God manifested in the flesh. He's blaspheming. Verse 4, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Whether it's easy to say your sins be forgiven you, or to say rise and walk. Why would you connect forgiveness of sin to healing? People have separated it. They said, oh yeah, you know, God, he'll forgive you. Yeah, yeah, he's merciful to everybody to forgive But now healing, you know, it just may not be. And the only reason that has become is because you can see healing. You can't, you might see the effects of forgiveness, but you can't see forgiveness. And somebody somewhere prayed and they didn't get healed. And so instead of uh, staying with the word, they came up with a new doctrine that takes responsibility for believing off of anybody and everybody and says, well, it must not have been his will. We just don't know. Well, why don't we do that with forgiveness? Notice he didn't say which one's harder. He said, which one's easier to say your sins be forgiven or to say arise and walk? Said out loud, it's just as easy easy to receive healing healing as it is to receive forgiveness. forgiveness. Jesus said so. so. Now this is life changing. I know a lot of people don't believe this yet because you were taught something different your whole life. But do we go with religious tradition or do we go with what Jesus said? Come on, I want you to say it. Don't, don't just look at me now. Say it out loud. It's just as easy to receive healing as it is to receive forgiveness. Jesus said so. And what is this based on? Verse nine, verse 6, rather, he said, that you may know the Son of Man, not Son of God, Son of Man. He's, he's doing this as a man. Has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up your bed, go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Is Jesus the same today as he was then? Has his will changed? He doesn't change. People have changed. 
Men, human beings have changed, but he hasn't changed. The multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power to men. Now as you begin to talk about this, sometimes the enemy, it's not that this is hard to understand. The enemy comes to try to confuse you and try to put condemnation on you. Well, does that mean if I've got symptoms of physical problems, that something's wrong with me? Well, are you going to say, you know, why did I have to ask for forgiveness last week about that? I haven't arrived at symptom-free righteousness. So then forgiveness must not be real. And must not be for me. No. Just because you had a symptom of being unchristlike doesn't change the fact that it's God's will to forgive all all iniquities, all sins, and that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Irrespective of how you look, feel, and even how you've acted. And just because you have some symptoms of physical issues, not being healed, doesn't change the fact that he put your infirmities and sickness on, on Jesus. Is that right? And it's his will for you to be healed. And by stripes you're healed. You can't, you know, pay for your mistakes. And you can't fix your body. You don't have to do either one. You got the easy part. What do we do? All you got to do is receive it. Just believe you receive it. You believe you're forgiven even though you haven't looked and acted like you're perfectly righteous. You believe you're forgiven. Can you do that? Come on, can you do that? Can you do that? Even with glaring symptoms of being unchristlike, can you still believe that you are clean by the blood of the Lamb? You're forgiven, even made the righteousness of God in Christ. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't even do it. All you did was believe it and receive it. Well, can you do the same thing with healing? Can you do the same thing? You don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to feel bad because you've still got some symptoms of not being healed. You just believe that you receive your healing. And not be moved by what you feel and see. And call your body healed. And call your body whole. That's all you got to do. It's all you got to do, honey child. That's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and he does. The, he's already done. He's already done. Everything else. Whoo. <laughs> Somebody needs to say, I believe I receive, I believe I receive. Complete, forgiveness complete forgiveness for every mistake, for every, mistake. Every, failure, every failure, every sin. Every sin. I, receive I receive total forgiveness, total forgiveness. And, total and total cleansing by the blood of the Lamb. The of the Lamb. Thank, you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Are you forgiven? Yes. Don't check how you feel. Don't check how you feel. Are you forgiven? Yes. Don't look how you've acted. Are you forgiven? Yes. 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 It's by faith. Not by feeling. Well, come on, let's keep going. I said, come on, let's keep going. Said out loud, by faith. I believe I receive. Healing. For everything that needs to be healed in my body, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, everything in between, I believe that I receive complete healing. Glory to God. Are you healed? Yes. Don't check your body. Don't check your body. Are you healed? Yes. Yeah. You're just as healed as you are forgiven. Yes. Jesus said, which one's easier? They're based on the same redemptive work. Yes. Glory, to God. Glory to God. We're gaining ground, saints. We're, we're making progress. <laughs> when our faith 
in healing gets to the same level as our faith in forgiveness, healings will be just as common as forgiveness. What better place to demonstrate it than at Faith Life Church? Huh? With us. Glory to God. And you won't get all tense if you need to pray for somebody, a friend that's got an issue, because you don't heal them anyway. They don't heal, right? It's not what we do. If somebody asked you, would you pray with me? I messed up. Would you pray with me that the Lord forgive me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll forgive you. Would you pray with me? I got AIDS. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll heal you. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Now, if you think it's not, it's not that it's harder for him to do one for the other. The block is up here between the ears. It's the problem of seeing it wrong and fear and unbelief. And you can see one better than you can see the other. And so you got walking beside. That's the issue. But we walk by faith, not by sight. We believe we're forgiven no matter whether you think we look righteous or not. Oh, come on, come on, come on. We believe we are forgiven and cleansed and made righteous whether you think we measure up or not. Whether we look like it or whether we feel like it or not. And we do the same thing with our healing. We believe we're healed. And we call our bodies healed whether we look healed or we don't look healed. Or feel healed or we don't feel healed. We still is healed. I is forgiven and cleansed, and I is healed and made whole. Okay. Whoo. In the, skip on down, you, you were there in Matthew 9, skip down to verse 12. Matthew 9, 12. There's so much in this ninth chapter. When Jesus heard that, he said, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Do you have a physician? We thank God for good doctors and nurses. But actually no man can heal you. People can treat you. The best surgeons in the world could perform surgery. But that didn't heal you. It might have removed a problem. But when they get through. Now you need to heal. Right? Man can't heal you. We thank God for what they can do. It's helped so many people. But. Ultimately, you need the healer. And hallelujah, we have the healer. He said, go and learn what that means. I will have what? Mercy and not sacrifice. I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, here's something that you you learn about mercy. If you've always done everything right, you don't need mercy. You can get by on justice. I said if you've always done everything right. And and if you have, raise your hand. (laughs) And we can give an altar call. (laughs) If you've always done everything right, you don't need mercy. You can get by on justice. What's right to happen to somebody who's always done what's right. But when you haven't done what's right, you've done what's wrong. And the wages of sin is death. And you don't want that. (laughs) What you need is, oh, somebody say mercy. 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 Mercy means you don't get the bad thing you did deserve and you do get the good thing you didn't deserve. Watch out about that word deserve. Sometimes people say, well, what did I ever do to deserve this? The answer is plenty. (laughs) No, yeah. 
Yeah, have you sinned? Have you messed up? Have you come short of the glory of God? The wages of sin is death. And people sometimes say, oh, you've worked hard and you're a good person. You deserve this nice thing or that, that, that other. No, no, you, you want to quit talking like that. Mm-mm. You don't want to get the bad stuff you did earn. And you do want to get the good things you could never earn. And it has become available to us through the Father of mercies. There's more than one mercy. There's forgiveness mercy. There's healing mercy. There's protection mercy. There's provision mercy. There's restoration mercy. Somebody say mercies. Mercies. The Father of mercies. Skip down to verse 27, Matthew 9. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Son of David, what? Have mercy mercy on us. What do they want? Well, they're blind. What do they want? They want healing. They want this. Why didn't they ask for it? (laughs) Now they ask for mercy. Here's a big question. Is healing a mercy? Then if you say healing is not for everybody, what did you just get through saying? Mercy is not for everybody. That's what many are saying. Because they don't realize it. They asked for mercy. Verse 28. When he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus said, you believe I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. They're still not healed. Believing he is able is not enough. I said believing he is able is not enough faith to receive. It's good that you believe he's able. You might believe that, uh, oh, who's the computer guy? Gates. Bill Gates, billionaire. You might believe he could give you a million dollars. So are you excited in faith that that's going to happen? (laughs) Believing somebody can do something does not give you faith to receive. And you hear people holler, oh, I believe he's able. I believe he's able. That's great. But that's no indication you have any faith to receive. I believe God can do anything. Wonderful. But that's no sign you have any faith to receive. Y'all with me, friends? It's not what he can do that inspires faith. It's what you know he longs to do. He wants to do. That's what causes your faith to rise up. It's his mercy. It's his compassion. Just hold your place there. In Matthew, and notice in Mark 1 and 40, there came a leper to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying to him, what? If you will, you can make me clean. Do you believe he's telling the truth? He believes the Lord can. He believes he can. Is he healed? No. You just stop right here. He believes he can. But he's not healed. If you will, you can. This is where most of the church world is today. They believe he can. But the question is will. And if you question his will, you are not in faith. You have no faith to receive. The issue of his will has to be settled. Or you cannot have faith to receive. Can't. Impossible. Like Brother F.F. Bosworth said, his great book, Christ the Healer, he said, faith begins where the will of God is known. That's just another way of saying Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? You've got to hear, not just that God exists and he's real and he can do it. You've got to hear. He loves you. He cares about you. 
He wants you to have this. He's gone to great lengths. It is his will. Somebody say, it's his will, it's his will. It's his will. Is it his will for every human being on the planet to be saved and forgiven and clean? Is it? Is it? Is it? Are they? Billions are not. Don't change the will of God. Is it his will for you to be healed? Come on, accept the Bible. Is it his will? No matter how you look, how you feel, or how many millions say it's not true, is it his will? It is his will to forgive all your iniquities and to heal all your diseases and to bless you and satisfy you with long life and show you his salvation. It's the will of God. I said, it's the, will, it's the will of God whether any of us experience it or not. It's still the will of God. But I, for one, am going to lay hold of it. How about you? I'm, 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 I'm not going to doubt it. I have laid hold of some of it. I'm going to lay hold of some more. I got any receivers in the room? I got any, do I have receive, receivers? Do you believe not only that he can. Read the rest of this. The leper said, I I, I know you can, if you will. You can make me clean. Verse 41. And Jesus, what? In order to prove his deity. In order to prove he's the son of God. Said, now you know, it's not always God's will to do this. But this is is an exception. I'm going to do this to show people. Who I am. But everybody else don't get excited now. Because this is not for everybody. I'm just demonstrating. Now you laugh. But that's what a lot of seminaries are teaching. That he's the son of God. And he did some of these things. To prove that he's the son of God. But don't try this at home. Because you are not. The son of God. And and this is so contradictory. To scriptures, Jesus said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you will do also. Did he say it or not? If he did it as God, how can I believe that? I'm not the Almighty. How can I do what he did? But if, as the scripture, as Philippians said, he emptied himself. He became like other men. And he's fun. I mean, God doesn't need to be anointed. And Jesus, when he was baptized in the river, and by remember when he's baptized in the river, the Holy Spirit came and settled on him, and he was anointed. And he said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God doesn't need to be anointed. But a man does. Come on, can you see this? And if he did what he did as a man, anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he would anoint us with that same Holy Spirit, oh, you begin to see the glorious possibilities. Hallelujah. Jesus what? Not just to demonstrate his power, not just to demonstrate that he's God. Because he's functioning as a man. He was moved with compassion. Wonder if he's still moved. Has he changed? Has he lost some of his compassion? Since he now sits at the right hand of majesty. He was moved with compassion. He put forth his hand and he touched him. Oh, let these words ring out to you. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? I I will what? No, but he's answering the man's question. I know you can if you will. What did Jesus say? I will. You will what? It is my will to heal you. Is he the same? Yesterday, today and forever. Then he's still saying, I will. I will. Is he no respecter of persons? Then he's saying, if he's not saying it to everybody, he's a respecter of persons. If he's not still saying it, he's changed. Nobody 
has a right to change what the master said. I will to say sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. You just never know. Mm -mm. That's people adding to the Bible. That's people changing what he said. Jesus said, I will. Come on, help me out. Say, he will, he will, he will, he will. I know he can if it's his will. Can you read? Can you read? Did I write this? Did you write this? Who said this? Jesus moved with compassion. Now, the word compassion literally means moved as to one's insides. It's it's not an intellect thing. It's not a reasoning thing. This man, leprosy, he's in an awful condition. He's in an incurable, terminal condition. Unless something miraculous happens. And he's reaching out to the master and he said, I believe you can. I believe you can. If, If you want to. If you will. What happened with Jesus? He's not unmoved. He is moved. He hasn't hardened himself against all the awfulness that's happening on this planet. He cares. If he was moved then, he's moved now because he never changes. He was moved with compassion. His heart went out to this man. Not just feeling sorry for him and hopeless, but moved, caring about his pain and wanting it changed. Can you see this? He was moved. Somebody say he was moved. He was moved. He was moved. Does he still move today? Does the Spirit still move today? Is he the Spirit of love? The Spirit of God is the Spirit of love and compassion. There's healing in the love of God. The compassion of the Christ heals today just as it always has. It has not lost any power and it has not diminished in its fervency. Or its degree. Do you believe the Christ still is moved with compassion to heal? To heal. I will be thou clean. Verse 42. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the impossible happened. Something that's incurable, something that's terminal. Immediately, somebody say immediately. Don't you like that word? Immediately, the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Don't you imagine he left there singing happy day? Oh, happy day. Don't have to live outside the city anymore. Don't have to run, not touch anybody. I can actually get a job. I can go back home to my family. He had to be forgiven or delivered or freed from whatever caused this to happen. Can you see this? In the first place, well, and I'm not saying it was his sin per se. It could have just been Adam's sin that allowed the curse and disease in the earth. But if there was no cure for that, There couldn't be a fix for the result of the sin and the curse, which is why Jesus said, which one's easier? He took care of both. If you can be forgiven, you can be healed. If there never had been any sin, there'd never been any sickness. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, I have a Savior. I have a Savior. And... I have a healer. I have a a healer. 
And I can receive healing just like I receive forgiveness. Just like I receive. It's not too good to be true. It's too true to be ignored. <laughs> Look in the 14th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 14 and 14. Jesus went forth and saw what? Now, a multitude, if you look up the other scriptures, was thousands. Well, a great multitude is more than that. And sometimes you'll see the word great multitudes, uh, plural. Well, that's even more than that. We're talking about thousands of people. He saw a great multitude and was what? Moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. Who's sick? All the sick in the great multitude. Now you don't have to do that to prove that you're the son of God. You don't have to heal everybody. You just get the hardest cases. Right? And show some examples. But you don't have to stay there all day. Right? There are times he laid hands on everybody. Thousands of people. You don't have to do that to prove you're the son of God. And we need to go back to the text. Tells you why he's doing it. Why is he doing it? Not just to demonstrate deity. Why is he doing it? Because he was moved with compassion. His heart's going out to people hurting. And people unable to function normally in life. People robbed of their health and their family and their finances. How many know sickness is a thief? It's a thief. Steals the strength you need. To do things in life. Steals your time and enjoyment with your family and friends. Steals your money. Is it true or not? There's no way, no how any disease is a blessing from God. No way. It's a curse. I said it's a curse. No. And his heart was moved towards them. If it was God who put these diseases on them and is teaching anything, then by him removing it, he's opposing the Father. And you'd think that out of thousands of people, you would find at least a couple of unlucky ones. That it wasn't his will to heal or not his will yet, but not a one. Somebody say, not a one, not a one. Not a one. There's forgiveness, mercy. There's healing, mercy. Say, Father of mercies. Father of of mercies. Go with me to the 15th chapter. Matthew 15 now. Forget not all his benefits. Matthew 15, 30. 1530, and great what? Now, how many people is this? A multitude can be thousands. A great multitude's more than that. Great multitudes, uh, this could be tens of thousands. There were some big crowds. They came to him having with them those that were lame and blind and dumb and maimed. It's missing body parts. And many others. And they cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he did what? He healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak. The maimed to behold. The lame to walk. The blind to see. And they did what? Nothing is said about all that being maimed and diseased glorifying God. It was when they got healed that it glorified the God of Israel. Sin doesn't glorify God. Forgiveness does. Disease doesn't glorify God. Healing does. Healing does. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And verse 32, it goes on. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, what? I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I'll not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way and without reading the rest of it. This is one of the miracles of the multiplication of the fishes and loaves. 
There's not only forgiveness mercy. There's not only healing mercy. There is provision mercy. Hallelujah. Mercy you don't earn. Mercy you don't deserve. It was just given to you. If he was moved with compassion toward people who are out of food, has he changed? Is he a respecter of persons? Then does he care if you have plenty? Does he? Does his mercy extend to your material realm? It used to. I said to you, what was there forgiveness mercy in his ministry? Was there healing mercy? Was there provision mercy? When did it change? When did he change? Is he less merciful now than when he was on the earth? No. No. People have changed. Things have not been preached and taught. They've been lost. Other things that are not the word have been preached and taught. People have believed that instead. So they haven't reached out to receive it. Go to Hebrews. In closing I think. If somebody said well. If the Lord is so moved. If he cares so much. Moved with compassion. Why doesn't he do something? One big reason. Because he already has. If the Lord cares so much, if he's moved by people's pain and their hurt and their knee, why didn't he do something? Have you ever heard of John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that what? Has this already happened or not? He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Can the lost man or woman say, if God loves me so much, why didn't he do something about saving me? They're wrong. Why won't he do something? He already has. Somebody say, he already has. He already has. Well, how can the sick man or woman say, if God cares so much about me, if he's moved with compassion, why don't he do something about this? Why don't he do something? Because he already has. Already has what? Anybody remember Isaiah? Anybody remember Isaiah? Surely he bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. He was bruised for our transgressions. Excuse me. He was wounded for our transgressions. Was, was, was. He was bruised for our iniquities. Has it happened? Yes. By stripes, Peter says, you were healed. Why didn't he do something? Wrong question. Wrong. Wrong question. Why won't the Lord do something about saving these people? You know, it's really incorrect to pray for your loved ones and friends, please God save them. Oh, please God save them. He already has. They need to receive it. Can you see that? Does Jesus need to do anything else to save your relatives or your friends? He took their sins. He carried them. He paid the price. What you need to pray is, Lord, send laborers across their path. Enlighten the eyes of their heart and understanding. Help them to see their need of him and lead them to faith to receive. Now, he won't make them do it, but even if they don't receive, keep believing it. He'll bring them back. He'll bring them back. He'll bring them back. We talked about that in the front of the service, right? You didn't necessarily receive them the first time either. But just keep believing. He'll keep bringing them back. And if they will haunt God, do anything. He has done something. And he's continuing. Jesus is at the right hand of the majesty where he ever lives to make intercession for us. I mean, it's so disrespectful to say, why don't you do something? I was God and I had all that power. I'd do something. He has done something. He gave the most precious thing he had. He's already done it all. He doesn't need to do something. Human beings need to show him some respect and reverence. 
and believe him and humble themselves before him and acknowledge his lordship and obey him and miracles happen when you do. Forgiveness, cleansing, healing, deliverance, provision. Is he the father of mercies? Mercies. Somebody say mercies. Is there forgiveness mercy? Is there healing mercy? Is there provision mercy? Jesus was moved with compassion on all these things. And he has not changed. Are you at Hebrews? Fourth chapter. Is Hebrews in the New Testament? Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or confession. If we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, is he touched? Is he moved with compassion still? Even at the right hand of majesty on high. Does he care? Yes, he cares. You know, he wept over Jerusalem when he was here on the earth. Why? He said, "If you, I'm going to paraphrase, if you only knew what's available to you right now. If you only knew who was here. If you only knew Scripture's being fulfilled. God's answered your prayers. He came to his own. And what happened? No, they don't want him. And people say, why don't he do something? He's here. He's done everything. Why won't you receive? It's not why won't he do something. It's why won't people believe and receive? Can you see this, friend? It's the devil that has twisted this around. Well, if he's such a good God, why don't he do? He has. He has. Come on, somebody say, he has. He has. He has. He has done everything that would ever need to be done for everybody. Already bought and paid for. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And because of that, what? Let us. Therefore. Oh, hallelujah. What does that mean, let us? Therefore. Therefore refers to the previous thoughts. What? Because we not only know he can, we know he's moved with compassion. We know he's touched. When our needs are not met, when our bodies hurt, when we've missed it and we feel condemned and ashamed, he doesn't want you to be that way. He's gone to great lengths to deliver you from that. He's, he doesn't want you to be like that. So what? Don't run from him. Don't act like a, uh, what can I say? <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> Don't. Stand there and accuse God and rail at him. Come. Bold. That doesn't mean arrogantly and proudly. That just means without fear and without reservation. Just come right on up to where? To where? Not bombarding the gates of heaven. We're talking about a lot further inside. <laughs> well, let's bombard the gates. No, let's come on in. Come on in. Why? Why hang out at the gates? Come on in boldly. To where? To the very throne of grace. Why? 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 That we may obtain mercy. is not what you deserved. Uh Uh-uh. Mercy is what you didn't deserve. Obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.